Special episode alert, everybody. Hello, welcome. This is Homo Sapiens. You know that, but what you don't know is that I, um, this is a very special Culture Club episode because it's brought to you by me, Natch, and by Audible and their fabulous new audiobook, More Me With You, by an amazing new writer, not that new actually, sorry, Alex, Alex is sitting opposite me, Alex Bertie. <laughs> it's a trans, Alex is laughing, it's a trans romance and it, oh no, I think Alex is cross. Um, it's a trans romance <laughs> and it truly does tick all the boxes. It's inclusive, it's feel good and it's full of humour. Um, and today I am joined by the very man who wrote the book and we're going to be talking about books as well as all the bits of culture that inspired us as LGBTQ plus people. The godfather of all good radio. I'm calling this radio. Um, I do love a connection problem, uh, right? Isn't it a lovely start? It's a well-oiled machine, this already. I love it. Oh, look. Well, it's funny you say that because I've let the dog into this room during this record, which is not my usual because the dog likes to bark a lot. So I was like, Alex is going to be driven mad by the dog barking. But That's fine. That's also dangerous. I've got two cats that might <laughs> charge over my face at any point. So it's all good. <laughs> We're living on the edge here. I know. We're pros. Where are you in the world? Uh, I'm in Hertfordshire. Okay, nice. Talk me through being a queer man in Hertfordshire. Ooh, I feel <laughs> like I'm the only one sometimes. <laughs> Interesting, um, really. Yeah, well, I moved here about four or five years ago from Dorset. So mm. I used to live in like Bournemouth area. And there's a lot more of a queer scene in Bournemouth. Like there was yes. a nice big pride. And I had like trans groups that I went to. But yeah, not so much in Hertfordshire. I, so as I was saying, not that long ago on this very podcast, I had my first kiss in Bournemouth, first gay kiss in Bournemouth. Oh, the triangle in Obviously, some club somewhere. triangle. <laughs> Lovely. And I was saying, I was reminiscing about the fact that we never spoke. I just went up to this guy on the dance floor and snogged him. Wow. Uh, isn't oh. that weird? Um, also very, the triangle. Um, yeah, the confidence as well. I envy that. Oh, it was actually desperation. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I was desperate. I don't think. I know I was desperate. Um, what was the other club opposite? Um, oh, God, I don't know. I've never been a club kind of person, to be honest with you. Okay, fine. So there was the triangle, then there was the one that was like a bit more like Jojia, and then there was something else. There's only one place still there, I think, now. There's uh, DYMK. Oh, I think that's like the main one. And I don't think there's anything else. What does DYMK stand for? Does your mother know? Oh, yes, I remember this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But they used to have B&Bs all around there as well, didn't they? And they always had like a little rainbow flag in the window. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a one night stand would be a big statement. I had a date that ended up with me going back to a B and B with someone. Like, Why am I telling you this? Um, <laughs> um, but you know, you you got to try what you can, right? In order to For get sure. uh, in order to get there. Which onto affairs of the heart. Let's talk about your wonderful book. Congratulations. <laughs> How do you feel to be the new Alice Oseman? Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I am <laughs> honoured. <laughs> <laughs> the reference yeah no yeah i'm just really excited to be putting out my first fiction book but terrified because you know it's, it's my first time and yes. i was saying that like yeah my friends have read it and my mum's read it yeah and they like it so that to me that's all that, that counts great 
Um, don't say that to your publisher. Um, <laughs> does, uh, does, uh, what was your mum's review? Um, she thought it was cute, yeah. Mm-hmm. She didn't give me much more than that. <laughs> um, mums never do. Uh, I don't think my mum knows what I do. Um, so, uh, you know, you've got a step in the right direction. Do you... So is it interesting to write a book about the story of a trans man and you are a trans man and then one to you know have those two things running alongside and people assume it's autobiographical um but then two for your mum to read it and perhaps I wonder if that is probably the most honest version of yourself that has ever existed and yet it's a fiction thing and you know what I mean yeah I mean a lot of it is drawn from personal experience, as you can imagine, um, which is slightly embarrassing to admit, considering how many like prosthetic penis mishaps there are <laughs> in the book. <laughs> um, but interestingly, I did actually put out a nonfiction book a few years ago as my my first book, and that was really, yeah, an autobiography of my life, my transition. So, yeah, it's been interesting to see how those two things sort of crossover mm. and that's why i've loved writing fiction because i can just make stuff up and it doesn't all have to be about me although it kind of really is in a lot of ways yes. even my friends have laughed at the cover art of right. the book said, that looks like you and your boyfriend what are you doing you've written <laughs> fan fiction about yourself that's hilarious yeah. um quite a nice idea though actually and um do do you find did was your whole sort of I'm going to use the word journey. Uh, journey as a trans man, was that something you were able to involve your family in? Yes. So I told my mum and dad when I was 14, 15 years old, um, they were okay about it. My mum was better. Yeah. Five years, didn't fully get it, but he showed me, he supported me in his own way. Mm-hmm. Like for a while, he didn't use any pronouns and he didn't use any name which sounds bad, yeah. but in actual fact, it was like a really nice nod to say like, you know, I'm not going to misgender you. And that misgendering would hurt more than not saying anything at all. So um, how did he get around that? Was it just a lot of, oi? Oi, you, come here. <laughs> yeah, basically. It sounds rude, but it was it was nice. Um, oh, no, I think it's sweet. Yeah, I mean, for him, it took me to actually like get on testosterone and for the physical changes to really shine through for him to get it and like, mm. you know, all the things to connect in his mind. Um, but they're great now. Oh, that's, that's well, really wonderful to hear. And and it's interesting, there's a parallel there with the book, which, you know, um, Will, who's the lead character, and we've got Emma, who's the sort of best friend, Um there's this whole tell me a bit about the whole sort of storyline of like these nights they would get together and they would sort of have these um queer movie nights weren't they and how they sort of evolved um because it feels like it has some relevance here but also there's this moment where because will and emma used to meet up and watch chick chick flicks and then as will transitions she becomes worried that he won't want to watch chick flicks anymore right yes and and there's that kind of it's interesting what you're saying about your dad is like it had to become more kind of visual um, for him to understand more. Um, and I was really fascinated by that bit in the book of like the feeling, two things, like the feeling that if you are evolving in a certain direction and therefore you won't like 
certain things, um, uh, which is kind of like us popping people because you are you are you, you know what I mean, regardless. So mm. it's interesting that people think that will change about you, which is also fine, but I'm just, I think it's really interesting. And also interesting that is that because they think that you have lied and said you like chick flicks up till then, but actually have to reveal the truth or because like testosterone being in, more testosterone being in your system will make you change. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Did you think about that? Or is it just me? Possibly. <laughs> yeah, possibly, yeah. I think for me it was like she just wanted to be such a good friend that she just wanted to double check everything she did was right. was okay. She just didn't want to harm him in any way or make his situation mm. any worse. Yes, interesting. And then you also mentioned about testosterone stopping you being able to cry. Yes. Um, and it's really funny because I remember hearing that, um, I would honestly say 20 years ago. It was one of a very, very early piece on someone talking about transitioning and they were saying that they started doing, taking testosterone and it stopped them being able to cry. And then I was thinking about the fact that I was like, oh, I wonder if that's just uh, something that was sort of an aged, an old idea. Mm. Um, and actually that isn't the case. But you did you experience that? Or was that something you'd heard and wanted to give Will? No, that's something I experienced. Like I basically pulled the words out of my brain and really? put them on the page like i i say in the book that will cries at the most inappropriate of times and that's mm. definitely the case for me too like mm. <laughs> i've had people in my life that have gone through terrible things or have passed away and i haven't shed a tear but then i'll watch some cheesy film and i'll just be in floods of tears the whole way through mm. well not even not even something that's sad or particularly emotional i could be watching like high school musical three and end credits roll and i'm there like you know floods yeah. of tears just because i don't know it's just weird it's overwhelming emotions maybe i'm not sure well also there's you know high school musical three <laughs> you don't have anything else to do in that moment hopefully other than cry whereas when terrible things happen which should make you cry half the when they're really terrible you've also got to i find the reason i don't cry is because i'm like i've got to jump into action and solve this i've got to try yeah, and sort I've got out to be strong yeah. yeah you've got to be strong um, and interestingly, I, I don't feel that that, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel like that is because I'm a man. Like, I don't feel, I don't really associate that side of myself. I just feel like it's my job. Um, mm. and actually I find my family quite sort of, they're not very gendered. We're not very gendered. You know what I mean? Like, mm. they're not like, come on, Chris, you're man of the house. It's like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, uh, should we all work out together? But it is interesting that you, you, yeah, I suppose the reason if you're watching High School Musical, it's it's without risk to have a good old ball, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, though, when you're in the cinema and you're watching something that's like made for kids or something and you're dabbing tears off your face. Yes. I was watching the new Mario film, like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> that's amazing. So um, let's do some actual proper moments of interviewing because I'm just going off on a tangent because I'm having fun. Tell me... <laughs> about in just in a very short nutshell like tell me what the book is about so it's a love story following the main character will love he a is a fierce jujitsu competitor a builder of robots um and a lover of french bulldogs <laughs> what a combo he, yeah yeah i mean he's also a trans man yeah um 
and it's all about him navigating the dating scene for the first time since you know coming out as trans and gaining some self-love to the point where he feels like he wants to do that uh it shows his experience on hookup apps and he's battling as i said with self-love you know one of the biggest plot points within it is him figuring out how to disclose his trans identity yeah to somebody that he falls in love with yeah um based on you know stuff that's happened in the past and the fears that that has brought up um mm. and it's very very touching and it's very very sweet and funny and beautifully observed and and i think um it will speak to people who liked heartstopper that's what i think um and i think we should say but we can cut it out if we want to but it's got a happy ending right you know, like, yeah, and we need more queer happy endings. <laughs> we do <laughs> that. We do. Yeah, we're over the pain. No, we're not. But you know what I mean. Like, it's uh, I <laughs> the think... pain is a part of it. Yeah, but it shouldn't be all it is. Yeah, let's have some variety. That's all we want. Um, mm. I also, by the way, love a bit of gay pain but you know because it's cathartic tell me more about you know one of the things that we talk about so much on this show and it never stops being a challenge for you know all of our listeners lgbtq plus and beyond tell me about dating on the apps as a trans man and also just tell me about representation as a trans man because you know so many people write in saying and we are at fault here as well like trans male representation is not good it's mm-hmm. um you know uh it's not it's not a competition but it does feel like trans male representation is less than trans female or potentially non-binary um maybe i'm wrong about that bit um we'll soon find out because people are right in um but tell me <laughs> tell me about the dating on the apps and stuff right okay so in 2018 i was single for the first time in like basically my whole adult life mm-hmm. um and since I had, yeah, physically transitioned. So, yeah, in a, in a very similar position that I've put Will in in the story. Mm. Um, so it was my first time getting on hookup apps, dating apps. I did not find any joy in the dating apps. It was, mm-hmm. quite frankly, boring. Right. <laughs> and I don't think that's, like, from a trans perspective. It was just dull. I couldn't connect with people on there. Mm. Even though I am a bit of a hermit, I like sitting in my bedroom all day. So you'd think I was really good. Uh, online conversations but maybe not um yeah so that was a bit of a flop the hookup apps that was the really eye-opening part for me i'd heard stories of people being like fetishized for Mm. their trans identities on apps um and yeah i I definitely was I, i i again i've pulled a story straight from reality and i've put it in the book where you know i would i went on this hookup app i filled out my little profile I didn't really get any interest mm. as soon as i put trans in like my name or in my bio my inbox blew up with people suddenly interested wow um and it was both a good and bad experience because it made me feel like let's just say how it is it made me feel sexy like yeah. desired yeah and that was nice because obviously that's what i was looking for being on a hookup app yeah <laughs> you know yeah um but then there was the dark side and it was like, you know, people asking inappropriate questions that were more inappropriate than probably socially acceptable yeah. on a hookup app. <laughs> so yeah. There's a fine line. Funny you know? that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think your words were, I didn't want to be someone's kink. Right. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we, Jeremy O'Harris, amazing playwright, came on this podcast and said, you know, as a as a queer black body, you can experience the same thing. You know mm-hmm. that it's like you, your your it's your blackness that is being desired, not the you-ness. But how do you sort of work out where someone's coming from and whether they're authentic? I, it's tough. I don't think I truly nailed that uh-huh. because I didn't get anywhere with hookup apps. Like I did, I, I never found, found that point where I trusted somebody enough. I mean, nor did I just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's so difficult and it's difficult for anybody, but there's an extra layer of complication there for a trans person. Yeah. Cause it was like, I felt worried for my safety, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, I felt worried that I was going to message somebody and they'd seem okay on the surface, but then we'd meet in person and they would use terms to describe my genitals that I wasn't comfortable with. Like, mm. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Were you looking for transactional sex? Yeah. Right. So you just wanted to have sex. You weren't looking for a partner. You were just like, I just feel like having sex with somebody. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, you know, See, you I do leave your bedroom sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I tried to, but it didn't really get me anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sorry, you were saying in Dorset. Yeah, in, in Dorset. So I I say I lived in Bournemouth. I actually lived like slightly outside in the countryside. Okay. So there wasn't really anybody around me anyway. <laughs> yeah. It was like quite a sheltered community in the local area. Do you find that, I don't know the answer to this, but can people search the word trans on hookup apps? Because I feel like that might be problematic if you can. You can. There is one hookup app I'm sure we've all heard of. Mm-hmm. And they have this thing called tribes. So yeah. you can like basically tag yourself with something. Yeah. And trans is a tribe. Like you can choose whether or not to put yourself on there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there are tags for like trans man mm-hmm. on certain apps as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's problematic because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, these labels are ours to yes. own if we want to. Um, and I'd rather be upfront personally with somebody mm. so that I don't get people looking at my picture, thinking I'm hot messaging me and not being interested when they find out I'm trans. Like I'd rather just, you know, wear my heart on my sleeve, wear my trans on my sleeve yeah. and filter out the rubbish before it gets me. Well, this is one of Will's quandaries in the book as well, right? It's mm. like, do I say, and so you landed on like going to say trans man from the top and um, that felt better. Yes. Yeah. For me anyway. Yeah. I just don't have enough time to filter through people not being interested. Like, this is why I struggled with apps and stuff and actually struggle with social media full stop, although I totally do this. But, like, sometimes you can take a picture or portray yourself in a way that you're like, someone will think I'm something else for a second and I maybe I quite like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I never used to try and put really hot pictures of myself on my grinder in the brief moments I was on it. Right. Or on like whatever, because I'd be like, they're just going to be disappointed. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I wish some of the people I met up with had done the same instead of Ooh. putting a ten-year-old photo up or whatever. But you know, like you're, you don't want to let yourself go down the the road of like, in allowing people to think you're something, in order to, for a self-image thing of yourself. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
I can't relate though. I want to put up the best picture of me. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like going to a fast food restaurant. They're not going to put an actual picture of what the food looks like, are they? Because no one will buy it. <laughs> no, you're so right. And actually, it tastes delicious no matter what. Exactly. So tell me about, shall I ask you one of the questions I was supposed to ask you? Um, <laughs> what was your inspiration for the book? Um, so like I said, a lot of it was based on real experience, um, like all the inappropriate messages on apps and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the disclosure thing, that was, again, based on reality. Um, I'll tell you a story. When mm. I was 16, I was in college. Um I had just started socially transitioning. So using he, him pronouns and using Alex, my name. Mm. Um, I met this girl and she started flirting with me because at the time I was like identified as pansexual. Mm -hmm. um, we exchanged numbers. I got on my bus to go home and suddenly like trans panic kicked in. And I was like, oh my God, she doesn't know I'm trans. I have to tell her. How do I tell her? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was just this like big crisis. And I, I just, because we hadn't known each other for that long, just thought, oh, screw it. I'm just going to send her a text. Like, hey, this is the situation. I hope that's okay. If it's not, that's fine. Um, mm. Yeah, and she was totally cool about it. Um, and I just recognized that while that was an easy thing for me to do in the moment, mm -hmm. I don't think everyone would have the same experience. Mm. So, yeah, that was like the major inspiration for the, for the plot, really. And that is what provides a lot of the kind of, tension in the book because these two people are getting closer and closer and then will yeah. disclose that he's trans and you know important to say it's not being used as just doesn't feel like it's being used as a plot device it feels like it's speaking to the truth of living as a trans man yes 100 percent. and something that was really tricky to write or i had to be mindful of while writing was that i didn't want it to come across like he was hiding his trans identity mm. from the guy he was interested in. It just so happened that within their situation, up until the point where he fell in love with him, there was no reason for him to know he was trans. Like, it was personal information. So, yeah, it was like love in unlikely places. That's interesting. Yeah, because it's kind of like, like you say, they're enemies to lovers. So it's almost like there's, the you know, they're not, they're not like having loads of fun together all the time when it could come up. It's like it's yeah. it's more knotty than that. And just tell me a bit about trans representation in the media, but but I'd love to know more about trans male representation in the media. How do you mm. where are we at? As it says here. Where are we at? <laughs> I, so I, love, I never know that. Trans question. mask rep. Ooh. Yeah. I mean in like are you talking like movies and TV and stuff? Yeah. Or Instagram, that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in terms of movies and TV, I, th I think it's getting better. There are There's so much more out there than there was 10, 15 years ago. Um, yeah, there's, there's a few instances where some of my favourite portrayals of trans men, they've been played by, like, real trans men. Mm. You know? So it's just, like, so much more authentic. It's, you know you can tell their soul within their within their performance mm. um one of my favorites is elliot fletcher 
mm-hmm. who plays a character called Trevor in Shameless US. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the boyfriend of one of the main characters, Ian. Um, and it's just a nice little story. He was just like a side character that showed up for a few episodes, but it, yeah, told the trans experience in a sensitive way. Um, but then he's got his own stuff going on. It's not all about his trans identity, which again is another thing that I love. And there's this amazing scene that makes me laugh all the time. Every time I watch it, where they go to have sex for the first time, they go back to Trevor's place. Um, and one of them like pushes the other one on the bed and the other one's like, what are you doing? I'm a top. Mm. And then Trevor, the trans guy turns around and goes, Oh, I'm a top too. And it was just this amazing like <laughs> breakdown of a stereotype that, you know, a trans guy would automatically be the bottom yeah. in that situation. So that's great. Yeah, that was lovely. And also lovely that like, well, not lovely. Uh, also just, you know, you've identified like a side character in a big show uh, and it means loads to you, you know, like it's so, I just feel like people don't really know that, like how much it means to us when we find those little crumbs that speak yeah. to who we are, because most, not, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are able to turn on the television and flick most days of the week to something that is, feels adjacent to them. Yeah. And the reason we wa- read stories, watch stories, like stories is to process what's going on inside us and if you can't get that it's different you know which is why all i watch is location 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 (laughs) (laughs) did you identify with that and that's okay (laughs) i do slightly identify with kirsty i mean like do i fancy phil no actually i want someone i know i'm like someone should date him but it wouldn't be me um (laughs) you know um and then what about um uh you know video games and comics is a big part of your life how yes um how have they shaped you as an lgbtq plus person because i know the classic thing that people say is like they're always comics are very queer coded and all of that Mm. i mean well just moving to video games for a sec like video games are my life it's what i do for work it's how I spend every waking moment, you know, when I'm looking for entertainment. Right. <laughs> it's kind of sad, but, you know, uh, <laughs> video games, they were like my first outlet for me to be my true self. And that's something I realized semi recently. And it's obviously a big statement. Um, but I, I would sit there at seven years old creating my characters and they would always be like huge, muscly men with beards. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, there's one instance that stuck with me where I was just there playing Fallout 3. I was creating a new character and my dad was watching me as he kind of always did. Mm. And for some reason, he got really frustrated and he was like, why are you creating a boy? You are not a boy. Mm. And we got into an argument about it when I was just super young. And I don't know why, I didn't know why it hurt me so much. But I do now. And it's obviously because, you know, it was not like this opportunity of being my true self was almost being taken away. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, very deep. <laughs> oh, I love that. And it's it's an well, it's an avatar, isn't it? You create those mm. avatars and then you can be I mean, I love that you did that because I would be like trying to be like the pinkest big dress in the world. <laughs> I'd, always, I'd always want to play the girls. Mm. I found the men coarse. <laughs> 
Aww. I know. I mean, no criticism of you. Um, but it's just like, I'd be like, I would enjoy the experience of like being able to be like lithe and have some snap and like great body and amazing boobs. Like I loved it. Um, and everyone A lot of cis guys that are straight do that as well. <laughs> they love playing as ladies just because they like ladies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, yes, yes. I'd forgotten about that. Yes. Um, it's probably the boobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't feel like these are the questions Audible wanted me to ask. Um, <laughs> why boobs? Um, so what we have been doing is we have been talking to the listeners about all of their like favourite moments, or LGBTQ plus moments in literature, film, TV, the whole shebang. Um, tell me, can you think of some of your favourite recent LGBTQ moments in books or films? Um. I mean, a lot of my thoughts are around like trans characters and how yeah. they've been portrayed. Laverne Cox and Orange is the New Black, like mm-hmm. iconic, right? Yeah. And the fact that they used her twin brother to represent her pre-transition was like amazing. I didn't know that. I should know these things. Wow, like, I didn't know it's that. It's cool, right? But I, I can't imagine if I was an actor and somebody was like, yeah, can you pretend to be you, but pre-you? That sounds horrible. <laughs> yes yeah like traumatic and yes yeah yeah, god and so okay so listeners um we did like we put out polls so they only had certain choices um but we had nick and charlie's first kiss in heartstopper or bill and frank in the last of us people preferred nick and charlie in heartstopper natch 63 percent were pro nick and charlie uh, 37 were pro Bill and Frank in The Last of Us. Um, Faye, and then we did May Martin in Feel Good or Vanya Comes Out in The Umbrella Academy. And right. big love for May Martin in Feel Good, 65%. Best romance. So we had Alex and Piper from Orange is the New Black. We had Nick and Charlie from Heartstopper. We had David and Patrick from Schitt's Creek. Talking about authenticity, though, like you mentioned some lovely authenticity in Shameless. Um, we, we got some really nice messages from people talking about their own thing, authentic romances on screen. Kevin loved the relationship between Cucumbers, Lance and Henry, um, saying, so Cucumber was written by Russell T. Davis. Um, we, did you ever watch it? No, wasn't that like part of a series of things? Yeah. There was three of them, right? Little micro stories, cucumber, banana and tofu, I think. Right. Um, We joined them. So this is from Kevin. We joined them at the end of their nine-year relationship. This is Lance and Henry. When shame and lack of sex is at the forefront of the decision to end things. But we learn more about their lives the nine years before. They watch Hollyoaks together. Great, great date stuff. Um, Date material. They have a mortgage. Oh. Um, <laughs> dance to Kylie together. They're both active uncles and they both check out guys in the supermarket. All of that is normality and that is what we experience. And there's just something lo- there is just something lovely about that. So you say you have a partner, Alex. Do you lead a uh, whirlwind crazy life or are you in front of the television together? Um, a bit of both, really. Yeah. I am a homebody. I like sitting in and doing nothing. Yeah. Um, but he loves adventure. And I think oh, it's just like, the, yeah, sweet. we complement each other really well um, in a lot of ways in our relationship, actually. Um, he's actually in Prague right now. 
Uh, yeah, he's there for most of the year. I miss him a lot. But oh. whenever we see each other now, we just get on crazy adventures, and I love it. And why is he in Prague? Is he on an adventure? He is sculpting for a TV show. Oh, so, wow. yeah, he's a fellow artist, um, sculptor. He's very good at what he does. That's amazing. And how did you meet? Because it obviously wasn't on Grinder or one of the apps. <laughs> no, we actually met at like a, a, a youth group, if you could call it that, yeah. um, back in Bournemouth. He was at uni. He's originally from Gloucester. Um, we met, and like I think it was about seven months later, he graduated and was like, right, that's it. I need to I need to move to Hertfordshire where the work is. And I was like, okay, I'll come with you. Alwyn got in touch about romantic relationships in the film and plus. Have you read this? Have you heard this? Nope. Most of the many queer relationships in both the series and the movie and plus felt very authentic, unpolished, messy, awkward and sweet. Lovely. I love that series and film also focuses on the importance of queer friendships and how those can interact and evolve into or out of relationships. And the protagonist is very bad at open communication. But she does not get called out on that by friends and lovers. How are you at communicating in a relationship? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing me under the bus. Wow. (laughs) I think I over-communicate. If I've got a problem, I have to talk about it because it will drive me insane, which gets me in trouble sometimes. (laughs) I think that's so good for you and well done because most people will not particularly in relationships mm, how mm. do you bring it up i'm just out with it i just say it <laughs> but I've got, I've got to get this off my chest <laughs> you're leaving your socks everywhere oh, that's great <laughs> and how does your partner deal with it is is he he him yeah he him does he uh also sort of is are you now the talker and he's not or is it it balanced no, we can both give the fire when we want to. <laughs> um, no wonder he's yeah. gone to Prague, eh? No, no. <laughs> we've been together for like five years, I think. So we're learning how to best communicate with each other still. I think that's a bit of a process. Uh, yeah, I've been married for 10 years, I think. Uh, no, yeah, maybe. It's it's a long curve. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can both bring the fire. Interesting. <laughs> In from the side, this is going to hurt and benediction. All good portrayals of LGBTQ plus stuff. I d- did you watch uh, This Is Going To Hurt? Nope. Well, this will fall on deaf ears then. There is this <laughs> conversation they have in this pond. They're swimming in a in, a, in like Hampstead Heath ponds, whatever they're called. It's ponds. Um and they're talking about breaking up and how they can't be together. And it is so heartbreaking because it's very, very truthful, you know. What book, TV or film has shaped you as an LGBTQ plus person? Um, Medal of Connor says Beautiful Thing. Herbie says Tales of the City, which is all the Armistead Morpin books, which are brilliant. What was the other one they said? Jack being gay in Dawson's Creek was mind blowing to me. Also because he was so hot. He was also like, there was a whole section of history, history, television, where it's like people could be queer, but they had to be like exceptionally hot and very straight mm-hmm. acting. And then they could be gay. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they'd be like, oh, I just don't want to do, I just don't want to do all that gay stuff. And everyone would be like, yeah, don't worry. We won't make oh. you. It was just very like, that was the energy. Do you know what I mean? So you sort of, you were, you were sort of, it created, I felt for me, like my, it actually made my own homophobia worse. You know what I mean? Of myself. I was like, anyway, the original Queer as Folk. Have you seen the original Queer as Folk, Alex? 
the UK one, right? Yes, let's say. Yes, that. I've seen both. So yes. <laughs> nice. How did it make you feel? Good. Yeah. See, I watched it when I was so young. How did you watch it? Because everyone always has a good story of how they used to watch it. Uh, <laughs> I'd like just hide in my bedroom and yeah. watch it on my laptop uh, in the comfort away from my parents. <laughs> yes. You see, you're a vastly different age because that when I was on when I was a kid, you didn't have screens in rooms, really. Like we mm-hmm. didn't I didn't have a television in my room. So I used to have to try and watch it in the sitting room in between people being up and going to bed. And oh, God, it was fucking stressful. They are raunchy as well. Yeah. Charlie Hunnam, eh? So Charlie Hunnam was in a supermarket where we were um, the other week. And my husband does not get agitated about most people, but Charlie Hunnam awakened him in some way. Should we listen to Kevin, who's been in touch about Straight Jacket by Matthew Todd? Oh, yes. Have you read that? Um, I've read parts of it, yeah. Straight Jacket by Matthew Todd. So if, like me, you won't relate to all the stories in this book. So the hedonistic lifestyles that's described wasn't something I related to, but I do see it in others. And I feel less judgmental when I think what's behind it because of what's written in this book. Matthew did cause me to stop and think. This book doesn't just help with knowing your queer history, but helps you to understand it yourself and others beautiful words it's all about knowing your queer history and do you feel like you know yours alex oh that is a tough question i mean i know i, mean, I don't know mine yeah i don't think i know mine either i'd love to know my trans specific history for sure yeah but how well is that documented over time i don't know exactly it's it's sort of it's so not documented that it's always going to be hard to tease apart the truth and and also mm. there are i mean amazing trans historians who are doing it i think in a way as well we're living in a big part of trans history yeah like this is a moment right now and not necessarily all for good reasons <laughs> not necessarily a good one oh. yeah um so when is the book out it is out in late june brilliant how are you feeling excited nervous but more excited than nervous yeah Listen, your mum liked it. You're going to be fine. Uh, when do reviews come out? That I don't know. Well, you've had the Homo Sapiens review and it's a big thumbs up. Yay, thank you. There we go. Hot off the press. You can put that on the Ooh. front of the second print run. Um, I just want to say a massive thank you to you, Alex, for writing this book and joining us to talk about it. It's really seriously fantastic. So well done for, well done for what you've done. Um, and a huge, huge thank you to Audible for not only sponsoring the podcast, but giving the opportunity to chat to this wonderful man about his upcoming book, More Me With You, people. Listeners, you know what to do fastest fingers first go buy it have a good read so many people so many of you write in and say thanks for the recommendations well here's your next one um listen now to more me with you exclusively on audible subscription required um and see audible.co.uk for terms that's when i like to say here comes the science part um but thank you very much alex thank you so much for joining us and thank you everyone for listening
powered by Spirit Studios.